good to see you here on this nice summer day. Can you believe the year's almost halfway over? Unbelievable. Yeah. Today we have Rita Carter with us. She comes all the way from Mechanic Grove. Did I hear you say it took you about an hour and ten minutes? You live in Maryland. Whoa. Do you have a visa? I've been legal for a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome. And your sister's with you? All right. Glad to have you both. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, she, she's traveling as a, a daughter. <laughs> Somehow, the moment I said hello to Rita, I knew that she was on the same brain length as I am. And we're, we're both a little bit over the edge there. But anyhow, we're glad you're here. Thank you so much. I knew, that, I knew it was a long drive, but I didn't realize it was that far. And your willingness to come is greatly appreciated. We're, we're greatly appreciative. So, just, just announcement here. We have... Uh, Joyce handed me this on the way in. Furniture sale. Furniture only. You know, the, the uh, Londonderry Village always has a flea market every year to sell things that were donated to the, to the home. Uh, but this year they're just doing furniture at this time. They're going to sell other stuff later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, no, they'll sell the fleas later. This Saturday, June 26, 9 to 3, over at the, the Londonderry Village at the Furniture Barn. They call it the Furniture Barn. Where the, where the uh, 9 to 3 on the 26th, that's next Saturday. So uh, I'll put this down in the bulletin board. Of course, it won't do any good because you'll all be gone and it'll be over by next Sunday. But anyhow, uh, if you have any questions, just check with me. Uh, they do have some, some pretty good stuff there to, to sell. Yeah. In fact, uh, Dave Miller was saying he's looking for a kitchen table and chairs, so he's going to try and get over and see what they have. So uh, if you have a t chance and you need some things, just stop over there and uh, help out the home, everything that is, does that go to the uh, Good Samaritan Fund, or does it, yeah, yeah, and that's a good cause. Help. Oh, great, great. All right. Okay, all right, all right, but this will be over at the furniture barn, and everything will be over there for your if you've not been over, it's, it's kind of neat. I always go over. Linda loves when I go over there. You can, it's amazing what for nice Christmas gifts you can buy for your wife over there. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, good thing for the for the home. So if you have a need for 
anything at all or you just want, you're just curious, go over and uh, they'll probably have some food there, I would imagine. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Get to see some people that you don't normally see in the every day. Uh, search committee. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, we interview at the, the, the uh, district office. So make sure that's on your calendar. And uh, I think that's all we have to, to uh, report. Let's go to our joys and concerns. Uh, Christine, do you have anything that you need to update us on? Evidently you do. Okay, even though we sort of relaxed this one a little bit, we're still going to do the, the math thing when I walk around. Yes, I don't have an update on Jenna Ferguson. I thought maybe I'd see Tina today, but uh, she had her surgery June the 20th, or June 16th for the, the thionuma tumor that she had. Right, yeah. yeah. And uh, keep Barb Adams in mind. She's having open heart surgery June the 23rd. So we have another surgery coming up for some people. And people are recovering from surgeries. Um, down here for Rodney Holland, an update. He is home right now, but they are doing testing right now for future stem cell transplant which they're considering, you know. So um, I don't know, Nancy has a, she just shared quite a few things that was on Facebook of about Rod. And I, Nancy, did you want to share that? The part about, yeah, I, I think it needs to be shared. It's, it's a wonderful, the whole thing with, with it all is the faith of people. And the faith that Melissa and Rod have the whole family. It is t tremendous. It really is. So I think Nancy needs to share what she has on there. Other than that, the, it has been updated on our prayer guide. Great. Okay. Go and of course, Nancy. today is Father's Day, so we pray for all the fathers today. And uh, a lot, I, I made me think, you know, when I was in Kids Hope at that time, how we had 12 kids and how a lot of them no fathers. It's very sad. And I'm sure, and that's been quite a few years ago that we had stopped that. Yeah. Who knows now? It's probably a whole lot worse. Yeah, Shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy? I actually sent from Goldie, but I think it was on Facebook, as Christine said. Uh, this was written Wednesday by Rod's wife, Melissa. Yesterday morning, Rod was praying and then listened to his eye is on the sparrow. As soon as the song ended, he heard a chirping outside his window and looked to see a sparrow sitting on his window ledge there at the hospital. God, it's just, you know, that's a God thing. Tonight, I think Brindley must be their daughter, and I saw part of a beautiful rainbow. We could see it for at least 10 minutes. And I said that red rod's blood counts were steadily going down. They could, it's better than getting worse, but we still need to get a lot better. And then this was written yesterday. After 20 days in the hospital, Rod is home. With his previous two discharges, he was wheeled out, and tonight he walked out. He will have to go to the infusion clinic every day to get his blood counts checked and has a huge collection of 14 
medications to take. We are so thankful to have all five of us under the same roof. The doctor has chosen a stem cell donor for Rod. They need to contact the donor and get the testing and donation process started. It is our hope and prayer that Rod will remain stable enough to stay at home until his transplant. Kyler has gone to sit outside the hospital every night between 9 and 10. He just wanted to feel close to Rod and pray for him. If Rod was able to go to the window, they would wave to each other. Rod is home, and Kyler just left to go to the hospital. I said, but Dad is home. He said, there's still plenty of people there. I love his heart and faith. He went to pray for the people in the hospital. What faith to share? Joyce, let me get back there, dear. I have to make a swing around the back here. Um, my sister lives in E-Town, and the neighbor upstairs uh, the daddy came to get the little girl. She's four on a week or so ago. All right. And uh, he never brought her back. And the house he took her to is not, it's just not good situation. And the little girl had a blanket. I gave her two blankies, a prayer blankie, another blankie. And the mother's worried because she doesn't have her blankies. So when she, when they gave her the blankies, she got rid of all her other little baby blankies and you know, just kept uh, the prayer blankie and the other blankie and the mothers had went to the police. The police said, we can't do anything. So she went to a lawyer and she doesn't have money for a lawyer, but uh, my sister asked if we would please pray for the situation. Who else? Anyone? All right. But right now, we have an opening hymn. It's near the cross, number 385. Let's have a word of prayer for the concerns that were expressed earlier. Heavenly Father, this congregation is a praying congregation. And we come to you with all sorts of concerns, all sorts of joys. And we think of Rod being able to come home from the hospital. What a blessing. What a blessing. We pray that he will continue to gain strength. He will continue to improve. His doctors will be satisfied with his progress. Lord, he is a believer, and you know that. His whole family is, and we pray a special blessing upon them. Lord, there's all sorts of cares and concerns throughout our, our congregation, all sorts of concerns throughout the world. And we pray for individuals who are recovering from surgery, who are facing surgery coming up. Lord, bless them. Give them peace and reassurance that you are with them. We know that you are the great physician. 
and you bring about healing when nobody else can. We've seen it. We've seen your miracles. And we know that you will produce miracles in the future. What a wonderful God you are. Thank you for being such a gracious God. Lord, we pray for Christians throughout the world, those that are struggling with showing their faith. We know that they are oppressed, that they are, are being targeted by other individuals simply because they call you their Savior. Lord, stand with them. Put your mighty right arm around them and pull them against your body. Lift them up, Lord. Give them the assurance that you are there. And thank you for their great faith. And we think of the, our situation here in the United States. Lord, every day it seems that we are drifting further and further away from you. And I pray that we can reverse that trend. We know that this is scriptural, that you said this would happen. But Lord, we still pray. We want you to be the leader of this nation. We want you to be the one that we can always turn to. Please make that so. Lord, bless this congregation. Bless the individuals. Let them know that you are with them. And today we celebrate Father's Day. I pray a blessing on all the fathers that are here, that are then here and are no longer with us. New fathers that are coming upon the scene. They need you, Lord, as we all do. Thank you, Lord, for being a gracious God, a merciful God, a God of compassion, and just downright good. Thank you, Lord. And we pray this in your Son's heavenly name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we welcome Rita to the pulpit. Rita, thank you again for being so willing to come and share with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. You told me because I'm 5'2", I have no choice but to come up here so you all can see me. <laughs> but I do want to... Um, Thank you all for allowing me to come. It's a privilege every time I get to go somewhere, every time I get to share God's word. And especially uh, today being Father's Day, it's awesome when I look around and I see the men, the grandfathers, the fathers, uncles and brothers who are serving God, the leaders who God has put in charge um, of our families. It is, it is great. Um, this isn't my sermon, but it just brought to mind a, a story of when my, mom, my dad passed away when I was a teenager, and she remarried, and I had two small girls. And to kind of welcome him, I guess, into the family, we had a day set aside where he had to do grandfather things. And then at the end of his grandfather things, he got a certificate that said he was officially a grandfather. But he did things like finish their bowl of ice cream, fix their bike, read them a story. It was just a really cute, fun day, but it made him feel like he was part. So I just 
thought I'd share that on this Father's Day because I just thought it was appropriate. Well, the title of my sermon today is called The Magic is Not in the Faucet. And I am reading from Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to read verses 14 through 20. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. So if your words are a little different, bear with me. <clears throat> and when they came to a multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we cast him out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. <clears throat> However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I want to share a little story to you that helps introduce my sermon topic. Thomas Edward T.E. Lawrence. He was from Wales and born in 1888. He's popularly known as Lawrence of Arabia. Now, Lawrence became famous for his exploits as a, as a British military liaison to the Arab Revolt during the First World War. T.E. Lawrence and his Arab rebels fought against the Turkish troops. Lawrence of Arabia's personal accounts become a classic of world literature, and I'm sure many of you have watched the movie of Lawrence of Arabia. My point is, during the war, Lawrence had formed close relationships with the sheiks of Arabia. And after the war, he brought some of them back to Europe to show his appreciation for their support. And on the last night of their visit, Lawrence said to them he could have anything they wanted to take back to their desert homes. Well, they took him up to their hotel room, into the bathroom, and pointed to the faucets. They wanted to take home running water so that the people in the desert would have running water. <clears throat> Guys, they didn't realize that these faucets were just superficial. Behind the faucet was plumbing, a hot water heater, an energy source that heated the water, a city main that supplied the water, and then a pipe connected to that from an outside source. Guys, the magic wasn't in the faucet. It was what was behind the faucet that was giving the water. The faucet could have been 24 karat gold, but if it's not attached to a water supply, it's useless. The magic was not in the faucet. What's the power has come from what's behind the faucet. It's not visible, but you've got to look through the walls, and it's there nonetheless. But if the plumbing or the piping ever went out of surface, 
if the reservoir ever dried up, the faucet would be rendered useless. It's what's behind the faucet that gives it its power. So the first point I want to bring out this morning is that the faucet is necessary to get the water where it needs to be. I can't minimize the importance of the vessel. God needs faucets. God has always worked through human vessels, and he can use you and me and anyone who's willing to serve him. Don't ask me to explain why God decided to use imperfect vessels to accomplish his important work. It doesn't make sense to me that God would restrict himself to moving through flawed, inconsistent humanity. But I know that the creator has always chosen to move through his creation. And in fact, most of the time, God works through the most unlikely people to accomplish his purpose in the world. Let me mention a few of them before you consider yourself to be an unlikely vessel. We have Moses. He stuttered, and he was a murderer. Timothy, he had ulcers. Amos' only training was in the school of fig tree pruning. Jacob was a liar. David was too young. His armor didn't fit. He had an affair, and he was a murderer. Solomon was too rich. Abraham and Sarah were too old. Jonah ran from God. Miriam was a gossip. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Just want to make sure I got your attention. But he was depressed and suicidal. And then you've got Lazarus. He was dead. The list can go on. But isn't it great to know that God works as his own employment recruiter? He can use homemakers, prophets, prostitutes, murderers. It's just if you're willing to be that vessel. I don't want to list my faults and failures, but I'm thankful that God chose me. I'm thankful he chose this vessel for his service. And he can work through anyone who firmly believes that he could and does use us imperfect vessels. God doesn't require any special qualifications. He doesn't care if you're tall, you're short, you're red, you're white, you're blue, you're black. He doesn't care what your financial status is. He's not prejudiced or partial. And if you think God can't use you because you're a broken vessel or that you've messed up too many times, you're so wrong. Paul uses the images of clay jars, clay pots, cracked pots, fragile and easily broken and none of us are perfect but once we're filled with his holy spirit the light can get through all those broken pieces and his glory shines through all the cracks not the perfect vessel and to illustrate that i brought this diffuser from my house and this may look like a perfect vessel there are no cracks there are no bumps there are no discolorations on there, but where is the light? Where is the light that's getting through? You know what? When I work on this side and you see the cracks, you see the blemishes, the light is getting through. God can use us if we just allow him 
and we stop worrying about what we did yesterday, that we trust him for what he's doing in our lives today, to know that he can use us and we can be a light and a guide to those who are lost, that's what we need to strive for, giving our lives to God and letting it shine through. Friends, God has all the plumbing in place. It's all hooked up. He's ready to pour his blessings out upon this world. But he needs us to be faucets. He needs vessels. John 7:38 says that he that believed in me, out of the, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, now the King James Version says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when scripture talks about the rivers flowing with the water of life, it's symbolized that the Holy Spirit is moving through us. The river of the water of life represents the eternal life flowing from God to all his people. You know, when Elijah was performing the miracle with the widow woman and the oil, the oil was flowing freely. We read in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, I'm sorry, 2 Kings 4, 6, now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is no other vessel. So the oil stayed. The only thing that stopped the flow of oil was the lack of a vessel. When the Lord struck Saul on the road to Damascus, he told Saul, go to Ananias. He'll tell you what to do. Ananias didn't want a thing to do with Saul he knew that Saul persecuted and killed Christians, but God told him to go and anoint Saul. And in Acts 9, verse 21, we read God telling Ananias, For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. On the day of Pentecost, God poured out his spirit upon all flesh, he was filling vessels. He fills you and me. God is always at work, and his power will flow through us if we will just submit and allow him to use us. Guys, we can't do it, but the power that's in us, the power that's behind us, is the spirit of the living God. In Genesis, when God created man, he formed man's body out of the dust of the ground, but he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The Hebrew word for breath is spirit. God knew that man couldn't make it on his own, so he provided him with the power to fill his life. Do you guys understand how important you are to the work of God? He could do his work with just a command. However, he wants us to be the vessels that he can work through. Maybe it's a daughter, a son, a grandchild, or a friend who needs to hear about Jesus. And maybe you are that person through whom God can use to deliver his message of love. God took on the form of a man to bring us redemption. Jesus himself became the vessel for bringing his father's message of salvation. God needs me and you. 
and he can use us to pour out his spirit, his love, his light, his compassion, his grace, and his mercy. I don't understand grace, love, and mercy like God can give, but when God's spirit and God's power is working in you, it's going to show, and people are going to see it. We are the ones who needs to be the faucet to carry God's message. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John came upon a lame man lying at the temple gate called Beautiful. He asked Peter and John for money. Now you got to read chapter 3 of Acts to get the whole story. But Peter's response was gold and silver do I not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, the apostles indicated immediately that they did not represent themselves. They represented Jesus Christ. The power of in the name of Jesus comes from what the Holy Spirit can do and from who God is. So a second thing that I'd like to address today is even though God needs us to be the faucets, we cannot afford to take the glory for what only God can do. I am a faucet. But I must remember that there is no magic in this faucet. It's what I've got inside. It's what's behind me that counts. And if my power supply ever gets shut off, I'm useless. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. Friends, we are earthen vessels carrying God's treasure. What we carry is the message of Jesus' birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. We must allow the message to flow so that we can reach the lost. God is the source. But when he fills you with his spirit, you become a vessel that he can use. I must know that the power is God's. I am only a vessel that is carrying God's message of love, light, and salvation. I can't sing well enough. I can't preach well enough to duplicate what only God can do. Romans 12:3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. So no matter how much God moves through us, remember, it is not us. We are important. We are needed. He can use us, but allow his spirit to do the moving and you're going to see people come to this altar. You're going to see people give their lives to God. Well, we're important to this. A Christian minister once said, I was never of any use until I found out that God did not intend for me to be a great man. So no matter how many prophecies we give, no matter how much anointed preaching or teaching might come from us, we must never forget that it's what's behind the faucet. It's what we have inside our hearts that makes all the difference. And in our scripture reading this morning, 
Jesus is teaching his disciples this very important lesson. They had most likely watched Jesus cast out devils. They were with him when he healed the lame, opened blinded eyes. They watched him as he cast a legion of devils into a herd of swine. Numerous times in scripture, it speaks of Jesus performing miracles. And the disciples were witnesses to many of these events. So now they come across a situation that they feel pretty confident they can handle. They knew they could cast the demon out of this boy. They watched Jesus do it. They observed his hand motions, listened to what he said and how he said it. They had the words, the actions, the motions, and everything else down pat. But there was one thing missing, and they lacked the power. There was something missing behind the faucet, and they failed miserably at the task at hand. Jesus took this opportunity to tell them that there's no magic in you. There is no magic in this faucet. We cannot do what only God can do. The disciples needed to know that prayer and fasting was required to receive this power. So I can say all the right words and do all the hand moves and have the right tone of voice. But if there is no fasting and prayer coming behind this faucet, then I'm in trouble. Because it said this kind goes out only by prayer and fasting. The danger we face is when we try to duplicate through mere human effort what can only be produced by God. I'm never going to be so smart or so confident that I don't need God. There's a big difference between accomplishing something for God and allowing him to accomplish something through us. I want to conclude with a story about Dr. James Simpson from Edinburgh. Simpson discovered that chloroform could be used to render people insensible to the pain of surgery. From his early experiments, Dr. Simpson made it possible for people to go through the most dangerous operations without the fear of pain and suffering. And some people even claim that this was one of the most significant discoveries of modern medicine. Well, some years later, while lecturing at the University of Edinburgh, Dr. Simpson was asked by one of his students, what do you consider the most valuable discovery of your lifetime? And to the surprise of the students who expected him to say chloroform, he said, my most valuable discovery was when I discovered myself a sinner and that Jesus Christ was my savior. Today, I know that I am just a sinner saved by grace but my most valuable discovery, and I am so thankful that God was able to dwell inside my heart and use this vessel so that maybe I can talk to someone about his plan of salvation and the love that he has for them. There is no power in me. I'm the faucet. I'm the conduit. I am the vessel through which the Spirit moves. So don't be worried about trying to do great things for God. We're never going to measure up. We're never going to be enough. Allow God to use you to do great things, and then you're just exactly what he needs and wants you to be. Today, as we gather as cracked pots, as vessels, as faucets, let us use the power that he's put within us to witness and provide light for a world of lost souls. There's no magic in this faucet. I need Jesus. We all 
need Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help me to remember that your spirit, your power dwells inside me. Thank you for allowing this precious gift to reside in this temple that you have created. You chose me, you chose us. Help us today to allow your spirit to flow freely so that we can share your message of love to all we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.